This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk with me, Nick Pete, and my co-host, Mr. Adam Catchell. All right. Fresh from the big fight at the weekend up in Manchester, Ricky Burns versus Anthony Crawler. Now, if you're tuning in to get a breakdown of that show, you're going to have to go and download yesterday's boxing show on our Fight Disciples website. It's available on iTunes. It's on our mainstream boxing show. We break down everything that went down in Manchester involving Ricky Burns, Anthony Crawler, the full undercard. And we also have a little mention of our, well, how impressed they were with Chris Eubank's performance in the World Boxing Super Series. We are going to come to that a little bit later in the show as well. But Adam, I want to start with one place. Mm. Last week, after we'd uh, obviously our show went out on Tuesday night, uh, but on Wednesday they had the press conference in London to officially confirm yeah. the rematch: Tony Bellew versus David Hay, part two. And well said, you've done that in the right, you phrased it the right way: Tony Bellew first, David Hay second, part mm-hmm. two. That's right. Not like the Haymaker team have done by rejigging the poster just to put David Hay first, Tony Bellew second, and then the number two at the end. There's nothing like an ego in boxing, is there? Do you think Bellew even cares? No. He does not care, I tell you that. Bellew turned up, looked dressed like Mummy Trigger from Only Fools and Horses to the press conference. I've seen that. He even put that on his own social media, didn't he, to be fair? (laughs) Him in that sky blue suit. Fantastic. (laughs) Brilliant. I loved it. Quite, um, quite nice that obviously he's fighting a guy called Dev as yes, well. Seeing as yeah. he's, he's, the, he's obviously <laughs> mimicked himself as Trigger from Only Fills and Noises and he's fighting a geezer called Dev. All right, Dev, how are you, son? <laughs> he did look well. Um, the press of itself, were you, were you, it was quite subdued, wasn't it, compared to what we got yeah. last year ahead of the first fight or I think earlier both, this year? I think they are both in very different places. Mm-hmm. Um, we know, obviously, what Tony's been through over the last two months. In his personal life, and I think um, he's in a very um, different place as he was going into the first fight with David Hay. Maybe in the first fight with David Hay, there was the financial motivation of uh, an unbelievable payday that was yeah. coming his way. There was the That's di- what Hay was talking about when he at the press mm. conference as well. He was kind of leaning towards that. Maybe there was doubt of whether he could pull this off. He is fighting one of the best cruiserweights of all time that has stepped up and become heavyweight champion. Maybe there was a touch of doubt, mm-hmm. so therefore there was a little bit of a fire. The, the world doubted him. We didn't, obviously, on Fight Disciples because we know him and we knew what was possible. Yep. But the world did doubt him, so therefore you get a little bit of extra animosity. You get a little bit of extra fireworks. There was genuine needle. They don't like each other. Um, in that first particular fight, they hadn't fought each other, so therefore the respect wasn't there. So when you when you go to a press conference first time round, everybody's pumped up. There's people calling it a joke fight. There's people calling it a bit of a circus, and therefore that adds to everything. We've seen the first fight, of course. For people listening to this that are maybe not in Liverpool and not Tony Bellew fans, they might look at that and say there's a lot of unanswered questions because David Hay got injured and that's the only reason. Well, hang on a minute. It's not the only reason as to why Tony Bell, you won that fight. David Hay didn't lay a glove on him. Mm-hmm. Then he got injured. And if anything, it kind of... Well, it, Hay said he'd blow him away and fought inside four yeah, rounds. And, and it, he didn't blow him away inside four rounds. He was still fit at the end of the fifth, sixth round. That was when he got injured in the sixth, I think it was. Mm, that injury has definitely taken a shine off Tony Bellew's victory. Agree, and if yeah. anything, it's kind of... If you actually analyse that fight, go back and watch it properly... When to, uh, when David Hayes fit in the fight for four or five rounds, mm-hmm. Tony Bellew's schooling him. Yeah, absolutely schooling him. He's keeping him on the end of his jab. He's landing the clean shots. He's winning the fight. Yeah, if I'm honest, then the injury occurs, and that then 
if anything, messes with Tony Bell, you said, because he's like going, well, what do I do here? This kid's not 100% fit. What do I do? And he kind of throws his game plan a little bit out the window and starts doing things that he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. If David Hay was able-bodied, let's say, all the way through the fight, that fight just carries on, as it does in the first four, five rounds. David Hay couldn't lay a glove on him. He's getting desperate. He's starting to try and chuck a big bomb, and then obviously he does get injured. So it's easy for people to turn around and go, oh, hey, we're, hey, we're injured, that's why. Well, no, if you watch the fight properly, it's irrelevant, that injury. Yep. If anything, the injury takes Tony Bellew out of his own game plan and he starts doing stuff and leaning in and rushing it and trying to blow him away when, if he just boxed, yeah, who knows? He, he could have got him out of there a, a little bit quicker. So I think they're both in... And off the back of that, by the way, David Hayes' mindset then changes because he's got to eat humble pie. Yeah, yeah. Every, all this stuff that he was doing in the press conferences pre the first fight where he's saying the most hideous of things. Yeah. Um, I think he's doing it for an effect. I think he's doing it, hey, look at me, I'm David Hay, I'm cool, I'm like n- technically a movie star and all this type of stuff. And he thought that people would appreciate that maybe on social media and stuff like that. People have looked at that and gone, now you're just a bit of a clown, mate. And I think, obviously, off the back of the performance, there's a bit of humble pie to eat. Yeah. And we've got a whole brand spanking new approach. However, what I will point out is this. If David Hay does a number on Tony Bellew this time round, expect the old David Hay to be back very, very quickly. Yeah, of course, because he's not far from the surface. I think in the in the press conference last week, he was talking about, he said that um, Tony Bellew's like a bank robber going back to rob the same bank. And that's how stupid he is because he's saying that, you know, he never expected the fact that the rematch to come back up. He thought there was no way he would get Bellew back in a ring. And the fact that he is coming back in the ring says everything about where Bellew is. And he, he believes this time, psychologically, he says that he's going to have the edge over Bellew because he's going to be taking him seriously this time. And we're going to see, and he actually said it, we're going to see the best David Hay we've ever seen on December the 17th. All fair points. They are all fair points, if I'm honest. I know that I like to have a go at David Hay and give him a lot of abuse, but last time out, he was training on a blooming yacht. Yep. He didn't really spend that much time with Shane McGuigan. This time round, we know what he's done. We know who he's signed up. I mean, he's fighting with uh, Jorge Linares' uh, coach, yep. isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't get better than that. He knows exactly what he's doing. Hopefully, he's, well, not hopefully, because I want him to get bingoed. But hopefully, from David Hayes' point of view, he listens. Yeah. And if he is listening and he's not be taking this lightly and he is taking it seriously, and let's be honest, that his body can hold up. We don't know these questions. No. Everybody seems to have forgot this about David Hay. David Hay retired, and he retired because his shoulder gave out. His shoulder was yeah. knackered, and he had a surgery on it. He's come back off the back of that shoulder surgery, and he's blown away two doormen. Mm-hmm. And a, bin, a doorman and a bin man is what he's blown away, yeah, right? Yeah. That's it. That's all he's done in that period of time. He's been very inactive. Last time out, his Achilles blows up. Is his body going to hold up? Will he even be able make, make the rim walk? Will he make it to the ring? I don't know these questions, mate. Mm-hmm. If he makes the rim walk and he's fully fit, then we've got a proper fight on our hands. We really do. Because we know Bell, you'll be fit. Yeah. Bell, you'll be ready to rock and roll. So I don't even know if we'll get there. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, in, in that regard, you mean because, hey, you don't know physically whether hey can I don't handle, think he can. handle he's, a training camp. No, he's breaking down. What is he now? He's, he's, he's a year older than me, I think, isn't he? He's 37, yeah, yeah. 38 years of age. I think his, his body's breaking down. That's evident. I mean, maybe it's because he was too heavy last time. Maybe it was because he was taking it lightly. He wasn't fully prepared. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's a, he looks unbelievable. Is he still the supreme athlete that we saw when he was dominating the cruiserweight division? Is he still the supreme athlete that were, went up to heavyweight and obviously became the heavyweight champion? I don't think he is anymore, mate. I don't think he is that guy anymore. But, you know, 
I can be proved wrong, and I've been proven wrong in the past. Do you think this is a, a more risky fight for Bellew the yes. second time around? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I really Just do. Just purely down to the fact that, one, he's ta- in his mind, he's taken Hayes' best and come through it and, and walked him down and beat him. And yeah. do you think Hay was alluding to the fact that financially now, Tony Bellew's joined a very elite club of multi-millionaire British boxers, a very elite club, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But he believes that, will take away from what Tony Bellew puts into his camp because mm. he knows now financially he's secure. I am more concerned about this fight than I was the first fight. Everybody else on the planet was telling me, what are you talking about, Bellew's going to win this? And I said, I'm telling you now, Bellew will win this. And I gave reasons as to why. Yep. Um, and it was mainly around hunger and desire from Tony's point of view. But I also genuinely believed that David Hay would take that fight a little lightly. I mean, we even had conversations about him being on yachts and stuff like that. Yeah, and you said to me, like... <laughs> Don't, that's just for social media. I'm thinking, nah, man, I think he is. He genuinely thinks... He's got an ego about him, David Hay. Yeah, yeah. He, he just thinks he can walk up, turn up and do it like he used to do back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. This time round, I mean, he's been embarrassed. Yes, Let's be possibly. honest. He has had his pants pulled down in front of the nation. He gets away with it because of the injury. Of course. The injury is one that he can go, I was injured. And everybody goes, oh, yeah, David, you were injured. Yeah, yeah, Mate, you're getting beat no matter what in that mm-hmm. fight. I'm telling you, you were getting beat no matter what. And the injury saved your career in a way. This time round, he knows he can't afford it again. He can't afford it. So I'm far more concerned this time for Tony and for this particular fight than I was the first time. Purely because you think Hay will take it seriously. Miles Hay will be the best Hay he can he can physically be. If Hay makes it to the ring and he's in physical peak condition, then yeah, I'm I'm really concerned because mentally he'll take it seriously. He'll train properly. He's changed his trainer. His trainer's one of the best in the world at being able to analyze a fight and pick a fight and. Will David Hay stick to a game plan? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. All these questions are things that we need to find out. But if David Hay, 2.0 or 3.0, whatever version we're going to get, is the same guy that used to excite me in that cruiserweight division, I think Tony could be in trouble this time around. Yeah. Do and think, I, I don't want. I don't want that. Would you say? Would you say Hay is still in the same position as he was last time? though? because we talked about it extensively before the first fight, where we said physically, Hay, even if he was super fit, even if he was in the best condition, he can he can possibly get himself in at this age in his life. Mm. Is he still only a six round fighter? Though was Bell, you oh, just yeah. got to get through six rounds. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a similar setup to mm. the last time round. But again, it comes back to what you were just alluding to before. There was a different type of motivation for Tony going into the previous fight. Yeah, different type. He's proved it now. He's beaten. He's just beaten the heavyweight champion of the world. He's in the mix. I genuinely think in Tony's head, and hopefully we'll have him on the show over the next couple of weeks as we build up towards this. I think that in his head, it was I beat David Hay. I'm going to get a world title shot. That's where I thought he was at in it. Yeah, and okay, yeah, the finances are brilliant because we know how much he loves his kids and his missus and all that type of stuff and setting them up. That's the whole thing for him. Yeah, yeah, he's done that now, mate. Like you say, he is Brewster. He is a multi-millionaire. It's not the Tony Bellew of two years ago yeah, yeah, that was fighting a lot uh, Macabu. It's not that guy anymore. Yeah, this is a guy that is. He don't need to do it if he don't want to do it. He's achieved world championship level and he is. Um, he sorted his family out for life. That's sorted. What is the motivation then coming back into it? Now, okay, somebody's dangling 10 million in front of him. Yeah, man, I get out of bed for 10 million. Of course, we would all would do that. Mm-hmm. But that's when it gets dangerous. Does he genuinely believe that beating David Hay, because I know that he still wants to be heavyweight champion of the world. David Hay. Uh, Tony Bellew. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Does he genuinely believe that if he beats David Hay again, that uh, the, the chance of becoming world champion or a shot at Josie Parker will genuinely materialise? I think it might because of being in 
Josie Parker's dressing room recently, listening to Duco events and all those guys saying, oh, we're looking at that fight as a possible target for, for Joseph. And I think Tony has a chance yeah, yeah. against Joseph Parker. I genuinely, genuinely do, even though he's, a, he's not a legitimate heavyweight. Professionally, I know he did it uh, at, at an amateur level. If he can convince himself in his head, this is it. This is a world title eliminator. If he gets that into his head, then I think I'm all right with Tony Bellew in this particular fight because he's an animal when, once he's in there. And if there's a genuine stepping stone for going on and on and achieving what he wants to achieve, then the motivation is the right type of motivation. Yeah. If he's just turning up for 10 million quid, I don't know, mate. No, I, I don't think, listen, I've known Anthony a long time. He would never just turn up for a payday because he, he knows the risks in boxing, certainly in this heavyweight division as well. I know that isn't going to be the case. My my problem with this, and we alluded to it on last week's show, as well as the fact that I almost think Bellew hasn't got any other options. Now, that sounds crazy because we've talked about him potentially fighting Joe Parker, world title fight and everything else. But listen, we, we again, we alluded to it last week. If if he doesn't take the, the Hay rematch, as crazy as it is, but because Hay is such a big name still in world boxing and certainly sells so many tickets in the UK because of his celebrity status... He is a more attractive opponent for Joe Parker than Tony Bellew. Mm. So if Bellew doesn't fight Hay, then Hay probably fights Joe Parker. And then good luck Tony Bellew trying to get a fight if Hay beats Joe Parker and becomes world champion again. Mm. Because he'll be talking about AJ then. Mm. He'll be talking about the big the big fish for him. Mm. The big fish for the David Hay is AJ, is Anthony Joshua, the biggest fish for everybody in the division. That makes the most money for David Hay. Not fighting Tony Bellew a second time. Certainly not fighting Joe Parker. But that's his route to the top. Now, David Hay, he needs to redeem himself against David Tony Bellew for anyone to take him seriously as a world title contender. Yeah, agree. However, if Tony Bellew says, no, no, I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to go and fight Joe Parker for a world title. It, it would, I think Team Hay could have gone to Joe Parker as well and gone, I tell you what, don't fight Bellew and earn that come and fight it against us because we'll put the whole thing out there saying I was injured against Bellew anyway. So we'll get it passed. You fight me for the world title and we'll circumnavigate Tony Bellew that way. Mm. And then two of us can shortcut our way to AJ without Tony Bellew being involved. And I think Tony Bellew, even though he won the first fight convincingly, Tony Bellew has found himself in a position where to get a world heavyweight title shot, he's going to have to fight David Hay. Now, I know financially that's fantastic because I'm telling you now, he will definitely be earning a lot more than he earned for the first Hay fight. However, from a fight fan perspective, from a friend of Tony Bellew, I would much rather see him fight Joe Parker mm. for the world heavyweight title and chase that, you know, overtake John Conte legacy fight for Merseyside Boxing. That was what I was hoping he was going to do. Oh, we were all hoping But I that. get why he's gone down with David Hayroot. But like you said, those options might not necessarily have been readily available to him because let's be honest, the World Boxing Super Series has tied up the whole cruiserweight division as well. Exactly. Where he is currently the uh, WBC Emeritus World mm -hmm. Champion, you know? Um, so we can't fight anybody there. You know, there's no more legacy or unification or anything in the, in the cruiserweight division because there ain't no fights there. So therefore, you look around at heavyweight, who is there? of any note that is going to get you to the next level. Dillian White's not going to do that. No chance to step down. Mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. Um, Derek Chisora, the Mets, that's not going to happen either. No. So you're looking at, can we get the Joe Parker fight? And I honestly believe that we'll have tried to get the Joe Parker fight, uh, but Joe Parker's just fought. Maybe he wants a bit of a break and he wants to come back at it at the start of next year. That's just that's for sound, no yeah. problem. Um, so the like you said, those options were very, very minimal in the heavyweight division. The only one available was probably David Hay. It does tick a lot of boxes, man, because it makes a boatload of cash. It's another name. If you've gone and beaten him twice, 
the rest of the heavyweight division have to take note. That's a world title fight. If he, if he, when he beats David Hay for the second time in December, Tony Bellew will get the Joe Parker fight. I'm fully convinced of that. And if not Joe Parker, maybe Deontay Wilder. I think he will get a world title fight. And hopefully he'll fight for that world title, he'll win that world title, and he'll quit there and then. And I truly believe Tony Bellew will do that. Mm. I think if once he beats David Hay, he will get his world title fight. If he can win a world title, he will retire on the spot. He won't stick around to fight AJ. I'll go with that. He's not chasing all these, you know, he's not chasing crazy money. I think he, at this point in time, especially with the Hay second fight coming up and the finances involved, you know, he hasn't got to worry about his financial security anymore. I think then he's talking about, okay, can I match? No, not match. Can I surpass the guy that is his biggest, mo- you know, his biggest his motivation, which was John Conte. Mm. John Conte as a kid was Tony. He was from the same neck of the woods Tony Bell used from and everything else. So he was his idol. You know, he still looks up to John Conte. So even now when you speak to Bell, he was like, oh, am I be- don't speak about me in the same context as John Conte. Well, unfortunately, not only are we doing that, we're talking about you potentially overtaking John Conte. Mm. And that would kill him to say to hear that. But that's the truth. And I, I think that's the legacy fight that we could see. Start of 2018, and then that's the end of Tony Bellew's career. Mm. I can't wait to have him in the studio to look into his eyes just to yeah. see where he's at. Once I've Me seen too. that, then I'll know. Yeah, yeah. Because it, because it was that conversation that we had. He's uh, not been around. He's not been around. No, we've not seen him for a bit. We no. haven't seen him for a bit. And I, I was hopefully going to see him at some of the fights recently, but we've not seen him nope. because of things that are going on anywhere. away from boxing. Yeah, um, But... When we sat down in this studio with him last year and we had a good hour and 15 minutes with him, it was at that moment that I thought, do you know, Summer, you're going to do this, kid. Yeah, yeah. And Because it, it you can see it in someone's eyes. When you see it in someone's eyes, the, the eyes don't lie, man. They're the windows to the soul. Yeah, yeah. He had it. And I can't wait for that opportunity to do that again with him here on Fight Disciples. Uh, so make sure you are a well and truly a part of this show by subscribing to us. We're on iTunes. You can also subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, and we're all over social media as well, at Fight Disciple on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There's a great episode uh, yesterday, uh, which rounds up quite a lot of the world of boxing, uh, from the Anthony Crawler and Ricky Burns fight at the weekend. And the majority of abuse that I had to take in the first 10 minutes of yesterday's show was scandalous. I'm going to actually go and speak to HR about it. <laughs> it was dirty. Anyway, make sure you go and uh, subscribe. And speaking of which, hopefully we'll be speaking to Joe Gallagher on the show next, because not only did he have a few fighters in action at the weekend... He's in charge of Callum Smith. I want his thoughts on Chris Eubank Jr. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Next, we are going to be talking about the World Boxing Super Series. Obviously, one of our own, one of Merseyside's own. Callum Smith is already through to the semi-final stage. At the weekend, we've seen the second quarter-final in the Super Middleweight Tournament featuring... Chris Eubank Jr. and he looked phenomenal and this weekend we've got George Groves coming up against Jamie Cox in the other side of that quarter final draw but listen let's uh, let's get before we give you our take let's catch up with Callum Smith's trainer Joe Gallagher how are you Joe how's it going mate Go on, hi Ed. you alright mate yeah sound 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 listen we're starting by talking World Boxing Super Series we know that obviously we saw um, Callum do his thing against Scoglin fantastic moving on to the semi-finals we'll find out who he's got soon Next weekend, George is in action. I know, for a fact, right, I know what you were like, mate. I know that you will have finished everything that you were doing with Crawler at weekend. You'll have dashed straight home and thought, right, what's Eubank Jr. been up to? Blooming neck, mate. He looked special, didn't he? Yeah, he did, mate. He's, um, so I'm a huge admirer of Chris Eubank. I just think his work ethic, everything else, um, he's going it, he's doing it his own way. Um, that should be his, in, uh, his ring entrance uh, my way from Frank Sinatra <laughs> <laughs> no coaches he'll do it his way and that's it and I just thought to myself 
Um, big test for him this, going up against good fighter Yildirim. Loads of good reports from him. Yeah. Going into, as the Turkish banner says, welcome to hell. And Jordy just went in there and thought, nah, I think you've upset you, Bank, and he went in there like, nah, I haven't got to show you. And uh, what what a performance. I mean, great hand speed, good punching ability. I thought Yildirim, I don't know whether he froze on the night, but he was... Uh, it was stiff when Eubank uh, caught him with that left hook that dropped him in the end. But it's just his work ethic. He just after after Abraham, people don't forget Abraham was only a short while ago back in the gym training, yeah. took himself to Vegas, mm. then again then last uh, Saturday night he won in the gym last night. Yeah, he's just he's just relentless on the moment and his tails up and his uh, uh, he, 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 the momentum's growing with him as well. Mm. Just for fans that don't know Joe, how, how good is Yildirim then? Obviously, there's a reason why you guys didn't pick him. Obviously, you, you went with Eric Scogland. Why why was he the guy nobody wanted in this in this uh, tournament? Well, as as there's rumours, obviously, it inspired James DeGale. He knocked James DeGale's teeth out inspiring. Um, he was solid. They were very um, insistent with the WBC. I think he would have been Callum's mandatory if Callum had won the world title. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of reports going about with him. Do you know what I mean? And... Uh, he was solid. He was a big unit. He had decent wins on his record. He looked a solid enough fighter. Yeah. Um, but like I say, all uh, due credit to Chris Eubank Jr. A fantastic performance. To be fair, James DeGale's got false teeth now, mate. I know, you know what I mean. So. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's okay. so I, I just think, like you say, uh, it was too much of a fight when you looked at others. And I just thought, well, he's a, he's a solid kid. And the reason why we took Scotland, I thought, well, he's a light heavyweight. He has been for years. Yeah. He's got hurt in making the weight. And uh, he was a non-puncher as well. So, that's why we took him. No. So you banked to go over to Germany, obviously, to do that was you know was the Lions Den. When you watch the footage, it looked insane. Turn it into Turkey, mate. We're like going to Galatasaray. Joe's been there. We're united yeah. a few times. Buzzing. Crazy. <laughs> so to, to come out of that now, obviously, you bank Junior has got to take a lot of momentum from that performance, hasn't he? He has. And like I said, um, someone else this morning, there's huge pressure on George Groves this weekend. He knows what's just over the shoulder, that... Eubank, that situation, everyone's talking about it. He needs to win and win well this weekend yep. to stop the swell of support that's beginning to um, attach itself to Chris Eubank Jr. Mm. Everyone used to give him loads of stick because of his dad and because of the Billy Joe fight. But like you say, he's answering his critics now and George Groves needs to put a good performance in to make every make the pendulum swing uh, in the public favour back towards George Groves of them to meet in the semi-final. But this Super Series, boxing, uh, World Boxing Super Series, I just wish all the fights were all on ITV. Same. Oh, same. Preach. Imagine the public can work this morning. Oh. Everyone talking about this now for these eight fights. Yeah. And then in your semis, gone and done your box office, whatever you need to do. But yeah, like yeah. I say, it's, a, it's, it's a great format and we are beginning to feel, get the buzz from it now, aren't we, with the appetite of yeah. the semi-final. Every, fight, every fighter wants it. Every fight that we speak to, do you fancy this in your weight category? They're like, oh, mate, I'd absolutely love this. This is fantastic. Nine months, guaranteed this fight, this fight, this fight, and I'm world champion at the end of it. Yeah, defo. Yeah, I know. I think Barry said to, to the other Smith brothers the other day in the change room, listen, lads, I know this boxing, you're good fighters. Just just pack it in and work for Callum. <laughs> <laughs> he's always there for a few quid, he's right, he? he knows the score. He knows the score. Listen, away from the Boxing Super Series, fantastic night in uh, in Manchester at the weekend. I love the fact that you walked past me on the, as, as Crawler was walking out the ring, you were going, we're back in business, sunshine! We're back in business! <laughs> you were yeah. back in business at the weekend, mate. First of all, before we talk about um, all those successes, can we talk Sam Hyde? Because I, I sent Nick a picture of his knee, mate, and it looked absolutely minging. How is the boy? Is he all right? Yeah, it is okay. Um, went to hospital, he's got a dislocated knee, he's out for six weeks. But I, it was his first fight. 
Yeah. And you know, Sam is a kid, and this isn't apt to get slated for saying this, but when someone is, I wouldn't say you know, but is hugely respectful of the kids that he's training alongside. I think he put a post out a few weeks ago going, wow, I'm training inside this world champion, this Olympian, this, this, and this. Yeah. And he is that. And then the other night, he wanted to go out there, impress me, impress Eddie Hearn, Sky, everything else. And he uh, had a tricky opponent, a good solid lump. Uh, could whack Southport as well. And I thought Sam got to a good start for two rounds. Yeah. And then then it says the kid rushed, he stood in Sam's foot, he went back and his knee went, oh, my knee stood up and then the kid rushed him again and then he went over again and then the referee came over and I said, oh, I might have to pull this. Sam's like, no, 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 I went, right, I'll give you a round. So he went out, he started moving around and he did all right. And then as the kid rushed him again, he just had no support to his knee. Yeah. And I said, Sam, listen, I'll pull this. And he went, no, Joe, please. I went, right, listen, you got to do it my way. You go over there, see them ropes. You sit on them. Hey, Bellew, you, you don't come off them. Yeah, yeah. You just let him come and pick it off. And listen, we did, and he got the win, but the grit and the determination. Mate, brave as an ox. Brave as an ox, man. Yeah, but that's it. You know what I mean? And, okay, he was injured, and, he, and, and things materialised in the fight that you couldn't foresee, but he learns a lot there, mate. I mean, brave... Nobody's going to ever question this kid's art. If you get in the ring with Sam Hyde now, you're going to be thinking, flipping heck, I'm going to have to hit him with a bulldozer to get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, and he kept the same quote, I ain't quit. And after he said, I ain't quitting, I wasn't quitting. You'd have to do this and you have to do this. And I thought, wow, if you're going into the trenches with this kid, <laughs> you know, like, he's there, but he's there. You've got to nail him to the floor. That's it. Listen, it, it, listen, it paid off. I would have absolutely getting slaughtered if he would have got knocked out in round five yeah. or six from it. Do you know what I mean? Why didn't you pull him out? And in that predicament, like Shane was with uh, David Hay, and yeah. like, they're paying you and telling you, and you just think, right, all right. And I thought, so, but you know, we're up, we're winning. We don't do nothing silly. He's gassing himself a little bit. He kept him spitting the gum shield out. He didn't fancy rushing in on uh, Sam because Sam was catching him on the way. And I thought, we can nick this. And, and we did. And uh, I thought, God, that'll do us for the night. Yet we still had Jose Burton, Cardinal, mm. and Collar to go at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just on that, on Jose, we're delighted, mate. We've met the kid. We think he's a top boy. Obviously, with what happened against uh, Bullione, uh, it didn't go his way on that particular night. It was one of those fights that I just thought, get in there and get your confidence back, Jose, because he looked like he were a little bit broken when I've seen him um, at the end of the Bullione fight. And I'll tell you yeah. something, mate, he looked brilliant. He went in, and yeah, okay, the kid that he was fighting isn't Eddie Standard. Jose is miles better than him. But you've got to still beat what's in front of you, and he did that brilliantly. Yeah, but listen, Jose Burton, what an emotional 24 hours. His opponent that he weighed in with, the board knocked him back. Yeah. Well, Saturday morning, Jose Burton didn't have a pawn. Yeah. So they said to me, oh, we've got his two cruiserweights here. And um, there was one, and then there was this other one. And the other one was five, I know. I looked at him, Scotland, could wax coming forward. And then I'd seen him being in the peacock chin, doing a lot with uh, Mark Tibbs and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I don't want that Blazeman do it. He's a right-hand for to make anyone look bad. And I thought, well, do you know what? I've got to go with the, the Scottish kid. Anyway, got there, Macklin went to me. I turned him down from MacArthur. Today, I thought, oh, we don't need him yet. Oh, so he's got to put manners on him early today. And Macklin was saying it in commentary, and I was saying it in his commentary. Because when they went in there, Liam Smith, when he came out afterwards, after Liam knocked him, went, Joe, Joe. I said to Stephen and Calma, went, this kid looks half decent. Do you know what I mean? And uh, listen, we're lucky we got away with it. But Ofe, I've always said, and people look at me as go, what? I've always said, Ofe is the hardest punching kid in our gym. Hardest punching. Everyone will tell you that. But it hasn't showed, but he's always been a late developer. Yeah. He will develop and he'll grow. And he must have been maybe a cruiserweight in a few years. But in himself, he's got belief. The way that he talks on TV, the way he talks in the press, he's getting familiar with it. He's getting confidence in himself, yeah. his own ability. And having the big man Tyson, his cousin there, to support him, 
was great for him as well. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, uh, yeah. it's just performance. He showed he knocked down the right uppercut, then the left hook, and he's on it now. He's on it. He's had a minute. He knows who he wants. And um, going forward, Eddie, he said to Eddie, uh, I think at the presser, he said, Eddie, listen, he says, I can't do nothing for you. He says, I don't sell tickets. You've got hundreds of kids that sell tickets. Just put me in a fight. He says, I'll get your bibble. And then and Jose says, all right, and I'll fight people. He says, I'm a fighting man. I don't duck anyone. I'll fight him. And they went, oh, all right. And if it was only teasing. And I went, no, Eddie, I'll fight anyone. He says, that's who I am. He yeah, says, yeah. I know. I don't sell tickets. I, I'm no good for you. But I am doing it. I will. You can put me in a fight. I'll fight. And Eddie said, no, look, listen, you're not ready for that yet. We'll, we've got to bring you back and we'll do it right. So fair play to him. And he went out there and he showed that the other night. No, he was good, man. I thought he was very patient in his finish as well. So well done him. Um, and you mentioned a couple of other boys that were on there. Let's go straight to the top, man. Yeah, Let's man. go to my uh, man. Let's go Anthony. to the main boy. You know what I mean? We uh, we we speak about this in uh, in great depth uh, uh, a little earlier on this week, mate. And basically, it was nip and tuck. These were two lads. We said on our show last week that this is a fight for relevance. I think both of them come out of this with an awful amount of credit. Um, I think me and Nick both scored this two rounds to Anthony to win yeah. this one sixteen one fourteen. So we agreed with one of the one of the judges. Yeah. When you're in the corner during that fight. And you know that it's he's doing a bit, right, the opponent's doing a bit, it's back and forth, back and forth. Are you aware of where things are at, judging-wise, or are you just playing it by ear like everybody else is when it's so well, tight and so so close? Well, I thought, personally, I thought Anthony won it when he came to Bullock. You would do, Joe! <laughs> you would do! No, 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 but listen to me, listen to me. We controlled it. When Anthony wanted to walk up and hit Ricky Burns in the body, it did do. Yeah. When yeah. Anthony wanted to walk and go for a walk and control it, it did do. He controlled what he did in that fight. Mm. Ricky didn't control Anthony, if that makes sense. I mean, so I thought I thought they both boxed round, the game plans. First round, they fought the first round. Some give it burns, but it was even. But then I thought we went two, three, four, won it. Yeah. Then I thought like we, we, after six, I think I had it four two, and then we took over. Mm. And I said to Anthony after ten, I said we won this. I said, you know the crack here. He's got to come big, strong. I said, don't hold your feet because that's all, the only time he'll hit you with right hands and left hooks. What does Anthony do? Go out, hold his feet and start, Ricky, start hitting him. <laughs> Took a massive uppercut, didn't he, and splattered his yeah, nose, yeah. So then I said to Anthony, right, round 12, Anthony, we won this. Just get on your feet again. He can't do nothing when you're on your feet. He falls short, everything else. Anthony, wanting to show the show and style, Billy Big Balls goes and stands there, holds his feet, and wanting to have a tear up. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, he, he won the 12th for me, though. I thought he won the 12th anyway. He just rubber-stamped it. But uh, yeah, uh, Coming out of that now then, Joe, you know, obviously... There's, there's talk already that these guys should do a rematch, go to Scotland. I, I don't want to see a rematch. I want to see Anthony Collar go back to the go back to the world title picture. What, what's, what's your take on it? Yeah, listen, I think um, they were talking that, and but a few spoke to a few press afterwards, and like, well, I'm not interested in seeing it, and I don't think others. It's been, it's done there. Now you've got to remember, really pleased for Anthony. A few years ago, when we were trying to get the Burns fight, everyone said Collar wasn't world class. Yeah, yeah. So that was just a. Uh, I think there now we've won it. We've got bragging rights. Anthony's number four in the WBO, in the WBA. Campbell's three, and there's t- uh, two kids at one and two. I've already emailed Gilberto. This morning, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and listen, we've already beat yeah, your former WBA uh, super lightweight champion in a great win. I want Anthony Crawler back up there at number one, two. So yeah. if there's a vacant belt or a, a mandatory or final eliminator, then that's what we want for Anthony Crawler next. And uh, also emailed the WBC. We want him shot right up there. That if Garcia give a case belts, yeah, let's go do a Javante Davis and Anthony Crawler fight. Davis is in at three. They're the type of static and that's what I want for Anthony Crawler a world title fight. And um, I know there's people about Luke Campbell and that, but Luke Campbell's got to come back. He's got to win. I suggest Luke Campbell go and beat Mender. Yeah. He's only lost. Put that right, and then he's back in the driving seat. But 
but Luke Campbell isn't a prize for us no. for beating Ricky Burns. I think it should be a prize for Luke Campbell. Yeah, it is. I think. I mean, I was working with Luke at the weekend, mate, and I said the exact same thing. That it's a great name. The winner of this is a great name for him, not necessarily the other way around. Uh, and yeah. he, he agreed with it. Uh, Luke's yeah. a sensible kid. He, he knew the crap of that. Just a quick question: Do you ever sleep if you're if you've been up blooming, emailing the WBA, texting X, Y, and Z? Listen, let's get this fight sorted. That's not your job, mate. You're supposed to just be chilling no, and training, no, isn't it? It is his job. I manage most of my fighters. Yeah, that it is, and that's it. So people are unaware of that. That's the difference. This morning, I seen Butler was ranked high. I went Jose Burton, Stephen Smith puts higher up the rankings, and that's what you just got to do. So uh, I was in this morning training Stephen. Got a big sparring session tonight now. Tasha has the last spar before she fights Friday. Yeah. Liam Smith sparring, Callum Johnson sparring. So you just got to go on. It's your job. And like you say, it's 24 uh, 7. And that's what boxing is. You go to sleep, you wake up, and there's results all over the other side of the world that affect rankings and positions. And everyone's fighting for that prize and that shot at the world title. I was, um, I was beefy feeling at this moment in time regarding oh, Williams. Oh, brilliant beefy. Oh, <laughs> I love beefy. I love beefy when he's like this, when he's horrible, he's spitting, he's snarling and everything else. And mm-hmm. uh, he's great. He played his football Saturday, Sunday. He's yeah. all right, Liam. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, he's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to keep him on a lead. <laughs> he's, he's literally. I can just imagine you're like on one of them guys with a pit bull like that I see down at Tesco's every now and again when they're just holding him back. Come on, whoa, hang, hang on, son. Just wants to get going, doesn't he? No, I said, yeah, it's, listen, I said to him before Canelo, I said, listen, we're 12, 18 months away from seeing the best of Liam. And the way Liam's performing at the moment, I thought, you know what? That wasn't a bad prediction here now. And uh, we've watched that Liam Williams fight more and more again. And we're just baffled by what some people see and everything else. We see things that. We did wrong, but he never really did anything very good, really. It's more case wrong, and we know what we've got to do this time, and I think you've had your chance. You'll never get a very good a chance like that again to do this, do you understand? Mm. So mm-hmm. um, that's it, and um, Liam's fully on it, and we just can't wait. There's loads going on in that super welterweight division this coming weekend as well, Joe, isn't it? I think most of the belts oh. are, are on the line this weekend in Brooklyn. Not, listen, Liam, all of them are, are, are always inboxing message, Liam, do you know what I mean? Whether it be Trout or whether it be Charlo, saying, oh, Liam, it would be great to fight you, do you know what I mean? This and this. Liam knows, he just knows he has to beat Liam Williams and he's in there and I'm sure Frank um, will deliver Liam that world title fight. It's a shame we hadn't got the Cotto fight. Yeah. I was fully I was fully convinced Amir Khan had the Cotto fight. I thought that was a great swan song opponent for him, uh, uh, Miguel Cotto and a good fight for Amir Khan back, mm. but... Isn't it? it looks like he's going with that Saddam Ali now. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's it. So, uh, whatever the situation will be with the belt now after that, um, we'll see. But um, uh, after this, Liam Smith wants, wants the world title. He wants to get back in there amongst the mix. Top, man. Listen, all the best with Tash this weekend on the next gen card. That'll be superb. Have a good one, mate. Oh, I can't wait for it, Tash. I, I can't wait for her to go down to London and uh, show everybody um, how good she is. Mate, you know what we think of her anyway. Listen, top Super man. Star. Cheers, Thank mate. Cheers, Thanks, Joe. Keep up the good work of the show. Thank Cheers, you, Ace. Have a great weekend. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you go. Joe Gallagher in good spirits. Of course he saw that uh, Crawler were about 10 up. Ten up. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise <laughs> there, of course. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's an argument for it, though, as well. There, there are a lot well, of you them... said that first time round. On yesterday's show, you said the first time you watched it, you saw him winning easily the first I, four or five rounds. That's what I mean. I thought Crawler was cruising it, I'll be honest with you. I yeah, struggled yeah. to give Ricky Byrne a round in the first seven or eight rounds. So, anyway. There you go. Anyway, stick around, uh, because we will get stuck into a little bit of next gen. Um, our favourite, Tasha Jonas, who looked impeccable in Newcastle. She looked even better in Liverpool. Is she going to set London up to be the next stage of her career as well? Stick around. It's coming next. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to the Fight Disciples here on Radio City Talk. 
I'm just stretching my arm. Don't look I'm at me just, like that. It's just, I wonder what you're doing there. I think you're going to go throw a shot at me across the desk. Listen, I'm getting on a bit, mate. You know what I mean? I I've exactly. got a little bit of sti- I need some of that Anthony Crawley yoga, is did what see, I need. Did you see last week anyone who doesn't follow us on our, on our, uh, you know, other show off off the radio show. If you like, we do a UFC show on a Thursday. I know what you're going to say. And last week, I know what you're we had say. Liverpool's own Darren Till on the show. If you're a big UFC fan and you're listening to us for the first time here on radio, go on to fightdisciples.com. Check out last week's UFC show. We had Darren Till in the studio, yeah. and we were rapping about his fight with Cowboy Cerrone coming up in a few weeks' time. I'm sure we'll pick up pick up on that on next this week. show next week. That. Next week. Mm. But the reason I've just brought that up is because... I know what you're going to do. Why are you doing this? Why are you embarrassing me in front of everybody that listens to the show? The thousands of people that download this on a week-to-week basis. Why are you going to bring this up? Because people are going to Google me now off the back of you doing we this. Have the UFC... I work on the radio for a reason, uh, we Nicholas. Had the, we had the UFC documentary team in studio with us last week. Cameras everywhere, yeah. For a fly on the wall. And one of the guys, Ben Chilly, who's a big fan of the show, producer, he was in the studio and he just happens to take a picture yeah. of myself, Darren and Adam, in yeah, the yeah. studio rapping away. Yeah, yeah. However... Mm. The angle wasn't kind to Mr. Castle, should we just say that? No, no, no. Sky Dome was no. in full display, sir. For those that don't know what Nick is referring to, I am uh, now of an age where I'm becoming more and more follically challenged. Um, and I've decided to get rid of it all. However, there's a little bit of extra growth from last week, so the, I looked a bit like a dirty tennis ball. So there's, there's certain parts of the barnet that, when taking a picture from behind with a flash on, doesn't necessarily make me look the most attractive. There's a reason why I work on the radio. All right, Nick? Brilliant. We can't all have beautiful faces, boyish good looks like yourself and Dazzler. We can we? You know what? That that that, uh, that photograph, Ben put it on his Instagram. I noticed that you would retweeted it, yeah. Before I retweet this, I actually said to Jane, do us a favour, just have a look at the top of my head and make sure... That Am I all right? Is my crown, is it, if it's bigger than a 50 pence, yeah. I need to know. Yeah. Which one's not bigger than the 50 You're pence. Right, I said, you. right, he's getting it. You've done all he's right. He's getting yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the way that you were tagged in Derry Matthews as well. Yeah. So not only were you abusing me, <laughs> you were giving too. Derry some as well because I'd say something, his wig's coming on good now, isn't well, it? Yeah, that's it. You see them hair plugs, they're not to be sniffed at. Mm. You know, first Wayne. You, Mr. Rooney, it? now Derry. They're all on it, aren't they? Uh, everyone in Liverpool, that's it now. Apparently baldness is a disease. So. Just, uh, I'll give Derry a ring after. Derry, if you're listening, expect a phone call over the next couple of days, mate. I just need uh, the name and number of your <laughs> yeah. consultant. The clinic. That's exactly. it, get in there. Uh, we've wrapped up all the action from the weekend, haven't we? We've spoke about the Whale Boxing Super Series, which mm. we were very impressed with, with Chris Eubank Jr. We've also spoke about, of course, when you were ringside, Anthony Kvala versus Ricky Baines. But I want to look ahead to this weekend. Yeah. And the city's own Natasha Jonas. Back Friday in night. Action. Friday night. Friday night. We love a Friday gen. night next gen show, don't we? If anyone who doesn't watch Friday night boxing on Sky, generally Eddie Ayn has started this new thing called Next Gen, and it's on a Friday. And what it is is it's all the young prospects from around the country, and they're kind of travelling around now. They've been to Newcastle. I think this one's down in London, isn't it? And yeah. the first one was in. Leeds, was it, or Birmingham? They're anyway, doing, yeah, they're doing a couple. They're doing it actually every other, I think it's one Friday a month now. They're doing a show at different cities around the country. And they're generally taking the same group of boxers, these young, uh, novice pros, if you like, but with big amateur pedigree. People like Natasha Jonas, people like Anthony Bu- Fowler. is your boy normally, isn't it? Yeah, Josh Buatti is usually on there. Uh, Charlie Edwards is on the one this weekend. The Cole, yeah. It's all the same young, young, young people that just need experience. They need fights, but they also need to experience the bright mm. lights and everything. Well, it's a good else. idea, isn't it? Rather than actually billing this as, hey, these are the next big thing, come and pay pay per view and all that type of yep. stuff, or a big or a big money ticket on a Saturday night. We're going to give you your own show because we want people to understand you're not quite there yet. 
Yep. We want to showcase you, maybe against not elite level prefer- uh, opponents. You're only going to be involved in four rounders, six rounders, things like that. And it just gives us, as fans, a little bit of an introduction to you. And every now and again, they do pop up on a main card. For example, Tash popped up a couple of weeks ago, didn't she, on a main card. There's a couple of guys that have popped up on these main cards, and you think, oh, I remember him from Next Gen Show. Let's have a look at him. Brilliant. Fowler's done it on a couple of times when he popped up on... uh, um, Kel Brooks on the card against Errol Spence Jr. over at Bramall Lane. Great experience for him there, but he's popping up on these next-gen cards. So it's a great idea, and especially with being on a Friday night. It's an extra night of boxing. Hey, and that's what we love that. more than anything. Of course and we do, yeah. Listen, our own girl, the golden girl of Liverpool boxing right now, Natasha Jonas. Third fight as a pro. Yeah. Uh, two fights in. I know it's early, and we've just had Joe Gallagher on the show, and he and he waxed lyrical about her. We were up there ourselves, weren't we? We seen a sparring with Stephen Smith just a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two fights in. Watch your assessment so far, and the, Mate, big, the big question, of course, is yeah. how long? Not that long. Not that long. I know you, what you're going to say. You've got to get an entitled picture. I know you? what you're going to say. Not that long. Because two fights, two knockouts. The first um, effort in Newcastle. We spoke to her since, right? And she said that she was more nervous travelling up there than actually being at the arena because being at the arena is what she does. Yeah, yeah. She's got this fantastic um, uh, amateur pedigree, of course. Now. I was nervous for her because there was this big thing where she was a brilliant pro, went to the Olympics, didn't necessarily work out at the Olympics. She's packed it in. Um, had a baby. Had a baby. Mm-hmm. Now come back. Obviously, the female game has changed quite a lot since the time that Tash packed it in the first time round. No offence, Tash, but you are on a spring chicken. No, no. You're... But you know what? Well, she's only 33, but there, yeah, was, of course. there was no... I, when she packed in, after after the London Olympics... There was no pathway. There was no pro boxing for women. There yeah. was no pro boxing scene. Yeah, absolutely. But the last two or three years, things have changed dramatically yeah, 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 for yeah, female yeah. fighters. And there's a narrative for her with the Katie Taylor thing, which we'll get to in a minute. So I was really nervous. The Newcastle show, the first yeah. next-gen show that she was on, the yeah. one that... Uh, June, that was. Josh Kelly was the main yeah. boy up there when he put in them left hooks, which was unreal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she was on that undercar, and I thought, just, just get through it. Just get through the fight. She debut, get through it. It's bright lights and all that type of stuff get through it she went up there and put manners on her opponent and i thought that is one of the best professional debuts that i have ever seen even josh kelly who i'm a massive fan of who starred at the top of the bill that night his professional debut he was up against an half decent opponent i remember in his debut and he didn't knock knock him out it was more of a box and move type performance which was good don't get me wrong but the way that tasha dealt with everything surrounding and then obviously then to come back down to Liverpool on Paul Butler's undercard a couple of weeks back to fight in front of her home uh, crowd again another nervous situation for her because it's the first time that she's fought in the city for such a long period of time and then for her to do what she did and perform the way she performed you think to yourself you ain't going to be waiting long, man. No. You ain't going to be waiting long. Well, the the Newcastle performance, the, the way just the way she controlled herself, the ring walk, and then the performance itself just seems so polished. She didn't rush it. She blew the girl out in the first round. Then she came to Liverpool, different type of pressure, massive support for ringside, as we were talking about the other week. But then to, to, to take the girl and then stop her in the fourth round, I think that's good as well. I want to see her in having rounds. You know, we don't want to just see her blowing people away. But it's not just that. It's what, what she's learning in the gym. You know, she's sparring with Stephen Smith in the gym. This is a guy who's a four for a world title. And, you know, yeah. genuine world-class opponents that she's fighting with and they're working on things in the gym that they know are going to bring Tasha on and bring Tasha on quick. Now, the girl she's fighting this weekend, Karina Kapinska, this is down at your call. And listen, every pro boxer needs to fight at your call at least once in their careers anyway. Amazing. It's a rite of passage, isn't it? It's a sports centre in Bethnal Green. Yeah. But it is what it is. It's a, it's a boxing ring on top of a badminton court which used to be a swimming pool, a public swimming pool bats. It's it, got a balcony as well. It, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy down mm. there. 
Uh, I've spent so much time down at York Hall over the years, but it's like a rite of passage. Everyone needs to fight there, and, and Tash gets to fight there this weekend. But I think the fact that they're putting him in Kapinska, now this is a girl, it's kind of weird women's boxing because there isn't this in huge... You know, there isn't thousands of women's boxing, certainly not in this weight division. You know, there isn't like a, you know, there isn't 500 female lightweights on the planet. Yeah. There just isn't that kind of real growth. But this girl at the weekend, she's had 33 professional fights. She's actually got a version of, not the, but a version of a world title fight booked for November. So she's fighting Tash here in the UK on Friday. Mm. And in November, she will fight for the Global Boxing Union World Featherweight title. What that's worth, I've got no idea. But... It just kind of paints a picture of the depth of these weight classes and mm. why Tasha and Eddie Hearn was saying it to me at ringside just the other week, why Tasha Jonas will not be fighting in four and six rounders for long. Genuinely, he told me Natasha Jonas will fight for a world title in Liverpool next year. Next year? This is only a third fight on Friday. Wow. Imagine the amount of Liverpool fight. That, the build, for example, for that could be unbelievable because you've got Butler that might get a little bit of a shot. Yep. Hopefully we'll uh, be speaking to him maybe next week about Ryan Burnett and uh, ZZ Top up yep. in Belfast because that takes place a week of Saturday for the IBF Bantamweight crown, which is his former belt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Paul Butler... Natasha yep. Jonas. Rocky Fielder. Rocky Fielder, on maybe, the door with Taron Zuger. Stephen Smith. Potential European title fight. Titles galore, man. Chuck all them titles in there. That could be a hell of a show in Liverpool. It could at the be start a three or four world title card. Yeah, exactly. It could be phenomenal. And, and you know, and, and Tash is very much a part of that. And I just think that... That's the path, be- isn't it? To go and get a belt first and then unify maybe with uh, yes. Katie Taylor. Uh, uh, of course, because you need some bargaining power. You don't want to go to the table with nothing to Katie Taylor, who, who, by the way, is fighting for a world title fight next as well, even though she's probably half a dozen, seven, yeah. seven, six, seven fights into her professional career. You need to understand that women's boxing is different from the male boxing because of this depth. There is no real depth in there. But what that means is the opportunity Come for the quicker. likes of Tasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, if Tasha was a, 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 a 12-fight uh, amateur novice coming into the pro game we'd be talking taking it a lot slower she probably would have to do a dozen fights mm. or 20 fights before she got a world title fight but Tasha's fought in the Olympic Games she's a European medalist she's she's been there and wore the t-shirt she's already above most of these girls anyway mm. so the fact that they're going to move her along and move her quickly doesn't surprise me one thing we don't have in the female division is British titles have you noticed yeah, no yeah, British yeah, yeah, titles yeah. Commonwealth titles it, it seems to be like a, a version of a world title or world nothing. or nothing yeah yeah exactly I kind of like that though yeah, it stops all the messing mm. about. So if you've got an opportunity this Friday, I mean, come on, who goes out on a Friday these days? You're knackered from work after the week, aren't you? Me and you can say that because we've both got babies at yeah, home. Yeah, fair all, So we very rarely get out yeah, anyway. Yeah, fair enough. All we do is watch boxing and change nappies. I, and my wife's absolutely knackered from a week of work, so she goes to bed well early on a Friday. So Jane I'm absolutely well, yeah. buzzing. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. uh, so we're looking forward to the next gen card this weekend. Um, top of the bill, it's been billed as... Is it a Charlie Edwards thing this weekend? Charlie Edwards, he's the He's a good kid. Boy, yeah. He's been on the show a couple of times as Charlie's a good boy, uh, but looking forward to seeing Natasha do her thing. Definitely tune in. If you've never seen her fight, and you I don't know, you might be listening to this, you might have a tiny bit of prejudice, I don't know. I don't know where you're at as a boxing fan. Maybe you're a hardcore or a casual fan, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, and you might look at women's boxing and you go, oh, I'm not into that. Honestly, just go and watch Natasha Jonas yeah. fight. She's absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. She will not disappoint you this weekend. Uh, Friday nights on Sky Sports, next gen show. Definitely check her out. And hopefully we'll catch up with her at the back end of next week because I don't know the date that she will be out next, but I have no doubt whatsoever that uh, Mr. Hearn 
might try and shoehorn her into AJ's undercard yeah. or maybe definitely Bellew's undercard. Bellew Hay makes sense. Something yeah. like that anyway. So we'll have, hopefully try and get a little bit of a chat with her on uh, on next week's show because she's a top kid as well. Uh, thank you very much for listening uh, to me and uh, the good-looking one on this show. As Hello. He, as he, all right, as he pointed out a little earlier on, there's no need to Google me. There's no need to go and check Adam Catterall's check airline. Check my Twitter, you'll see it. Nah, there's no need. Absolutely no need whatsoever. <laughs> um, we've got lots coming up over the next couple of weeks uh, on this show, including next week as we build up to uh, more world title action uh, in the bantamweight division, which might affect uh, Paul Butler. Uh, we'll be speaking about that next week. We'll have all the fallout as well from the World Boxing Super Series this weekend involving George Groves, which might affect Callum Smith. Uh, and then, of course, we will be building up uh, over the next couple of weeks uh, to AJ versus Pulev in the boxing world. But let's not forget, in the UFC, we've got a certain kid that could be making some serious waves. Uh, over the next few weeks. His name is Darren Till. He presented last week's UFC show. He is. He's a top, top guy. And we are going absolutely crazy mm-hmm. on UFC Gdansk next week because I bet he looks good on Gdansk floor. Oh, you see yes. what I did? <laughs> see, see what, what I did? I've brought in a bit of Arctic monkeys, baby, because he's a gorilla. <laughs> oh, it just gets better and better, this, doesn't it? It's the joke that keeps giving. That's on next week's show. Make sure Sorry. you come and join us, all right? We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.